in the cabinet to have figured out the impact that you have please don't think that impact is related to age if you think in a country of 1.4 billion people you have to wait for your turn to come aage no did anybody question how these ministers go to all the conclaves of uh, news organizations are those news organizations not getting ads did anybody question that why are they getting so many ministers nobody questions them just because they are journalists who are doing the questioning but if they come on podcast then oh, how do you dare you going go why those guys are getting millions the podcasters are getting millions of viewers the channels are not getting so many millions in journalism pompous they get simply because like i have told you early no they they hang around powerful people and they think that hum bhi kuch bahut badi cheez hai i told prime minister this prime ministers don't take decisions because a journo told him that <laughs> don't be silly if anybody comes and tells me oh agli bari election kon jeetega i was like ah, what should i tell you <laughs> i don't know myself man i know it just as much as you do if you ask a teenager or a college student about the most relevant most famous journalist today most of them will name this lady because she's entered the field of podcasting the maidan i personally believe that journalism all over the world is molding itself into a newer more relevant more 2023 version of itself and when it comes to india smita prakash is at the forefront of this change the ani podcast with smita prakash is probably the most relevant piece of journalism that's come into the mainstream lately if you ask a teenager if you ask a college student about the most relevant journalist today most of them would name her because of her podcast because for most of the young population of india the way they consume their news is only through the internet only through digital and nowadays mostly through podcasts she's got one of the deepest knowledge sets that i've come across and that's because of almost 30 years of journalism behind her that's how long she's been in the game she's a joy to speak with ask her some basic questions some so called advanced questions you're going to enjoy this conversation if you enjoy deep diving style conversations on the ranveer show the kind of conversations that we've been having lately so enjoy this deep dive into the realities of politics in our country today the realities of india in general today i hope you watch the entire episode till the end this is smita prakash on trs Welcome to the ANI News podcast with Smita Prakash. Seriously? <laughs> no, the Ranveer show. How is yeah. it going? Uh I think uh, I'm a little nervous uh, being the person who's being questioned rather than doing the questioning. So much easier to do that now that I'm on the hot seat. <laughs> But I'm so happy to be on your show. We're happy to be hosting you, ma'am. Like honestly, uh I a lot of us in this room in my office even in Monk Entertainment I believe you met Viraj we have tremendous respect for you for entering this whole digital arena like the way you have so Thank that's you. what I've been holding back from you I've okay. not been having a real conversation with you until yeah. this point Thank you so much for saying that because yeah um 
you know, when I meet uh, young people like you, I know I, and firstly, the most important thing I want to say is that if you dare say aapki generation or something <laughs> like that, I will cut you off right there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was a plunge to do it because all of you are so young. And when, uh, when it was suggested to me that I should get into this space, I was like really nervous because uh, there was nobody from my generation that I knew of. There were some people who were doing podcasts, but not two episodes a week and things. And I was like, how will I be able to do this? And people will get bored because youngsters are into this. And I don't know whether I can do it, but it, it's been fun, a fun ride. Are we going to see a lot of independent journalists? Getting into podcasting? Maybe. Yes. I think there is pressure on the channels also uh, saying that, uh, hey, why don't we get into this space too? Um so initially, even I had this thing that wo to podcast karta hai, wo kyu press conference mein aaya hai, right? Uh, there was a, this sense of uh, you haven't gone through the rigors of journalism, which is true. Yeah. So there was this snooty attitude with journalists had for podcast journalists that you don't come with that uh, with that rigor of training that we have gone through. You are not. Um, you don't have to. Um, um, rules don't apply to you all that much as they do to us because we have a sub-editor, we have an editor, we have to answer to so many people when we do our story. Because, um, for example, I might have attended somebody's press conference and uh, the guy was faffing, he was BSing, right? So I cannot write that Mr. X talked nonsense, no, I can't. I have to do the reporting. I have to say, he said this, he was asked this, he said this, this is the outlay, this is the... All that has to be done, right? Then I give it to the uh, editor who goes through it and he says, but what is the meat of this? Like, what? why should a reader read this? So then, usme thoda sa opinion dalega, wo dalega. So there are so many firewalls. Whereas a podcaster who's sitting at the back, listens to it, goes on air and says whatever he has to, na. He has put a color to the whole thing. He has, um, say, Bharat Jodo Yatra. Right? There were podcasters who were covering the Bharat Jodo Yatra. Now, it was their first um, interaction with the Rahul Gandhi. They've never met a, a politician of that stature. So they were like all gushing and guying and gooing in, in the, uh, when they were covering it. Whereas a journalist who was covering the Bharat Jodo Yatra has a totally different angle. Right. He's putting it in perspective of where Rahul Gandhi came from. What is is this? There is a political method to it or there is what? Whereas you didn't see that with um, so a podcaster who was doing a food blogging or a food podcaster was seeing it from that angle that here's a young guy going out, eating, <laughs> working out. And there's somebody else who's got another angle wo apne audience ke se he's doing that so there is a difference somewhere it might merge mm. okay so i think you guys are taught the the ethical and the systematic way to dissect a situation and then take it to the public yeah that's w what the actual core skill of journalism is yes uh and you know i don't know more polite way of saying this but journalists are taught to do the dirty work when it comes to an information download for the general masses hmm. okay like as in you, you actually have to go on the field you hmm. have to do like all that studying all that research i still see the world of content creation and journalism fully merging and i'll tell you why because even when i was growing up journalism was downloaded to us through newspapers and tv channels I think both those formats all over the world, they're kind of dying. 
So the only thing that's left is digital. Yeah. So I think everyone's going to be on YouTube at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what's happening in the world of content creation? Uh, no YouTubers are really surviving unless they're doing podcasts. Hmm. So at least, at least from my eyes, like even on my own YouTube feed, I just watch sports and podcasts. That's it. That's what my YouTube feed is. What's your YouTube feed like? News. Yeah. And? So it would be news. It would be a little bit of, uh, suppose I've, um, I'm going to be interviewing somebody from Bollywood. So it would have a little bit of Bollywood in that. Like I would go in searching. But for a long time, I would just watch. Well, I would go into YouTube only at night when I wanted to chill. So uh, instead of Netflixing, I would go into YouTube at times. And almost every night I would watch a Bill Maher. I'd watch, <laughs> uh, you know, Stephen Colbert. I would watch uh, any of the night shows, you know, uh, John Oliver and just watch it and it gives you it relaxes you but at the same time it's intelligent conversation mm. uh, their stand-ups uh, it 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 was nice jimmy fallon uh i would watch that uh, so these are the things that i would watch i'd watch you uh and a couple of other podcasts that i would do um but uh, like yeah uh, if I was interviewing somebody then i would watch the podcast but that i've also found a little negative um uh, in the sense that I I did a podcast with uh, Devendra Fadnavis. And so I was looking in and seeing Kin Kin Ne Kia Hai. So nobody had done a podcast in English or Hindi. They'd, uh, he'd gone to a conclave. And then I saw Arnab had interviewed him. And then I just felt so let down because I felt, I I will not be able to ask these kind of questions which, uh, which uh, Arnab has asked because my style is a little different. So I will, it will fall flat. Similarly, uh, say I interviewed uh, Manoj Bajpai on uh, on the podcast and uh, I just felt that at the end of it, you know, I didn't do justice to it. Whereas some other podcasts of Manoj Bajpai was so much better than what I had done. So maybe uh, it's better not to see some very successful podcast before uh, doing your own of the same person because it paints a color before you yeah, head into the conversation sometimes maybe you feel that i need to ask the same question i might get a different answer but if it's a person who's gone on several programs they do that uh, they answer in the same manner hmm. it's the same answer to the question hmm. okay. you know uh, that's what i have felt maybe in a, in a few years time i might not feel that <laughs> way <laughs> I think too many people are too PR trained now. Yeah. That's the honest truth. If they've gone to too many shows, yeah. Yeah. They have a set uh, answer for yeah. what they ask because they also know what they're going to be asked. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you a raw question. You can be very brutal with your answer. What do content creators lack that journalists have in terms of there is definitely a gap because of like the kind of education, the kind of experiences you guys had. But what do we do to match up to these levels? And will we even be able to match up to these levels? Because I feel that the nature of a lot of podcasters is just having a relaxed conversation. But the nature of journalism, like the ethical aspect of it is that you are supposed to dissect in order to help the audiences read between the lines. So a part of your job is to ask like the tough questions. And a big part of my job as a content creator is to just chill with the person I'm speaking with. Hmm. So it's two very different... Um, zones of content creation but still i'm still asking you this like what can we adopt from the world of journalism i think uh you'll get at some point of time bored with just chilling mm. and the more gyan you accumulate over the years you will feel like asking 
counter questions which are sharper and which are uh, more aggressive maybe maybe that's your growth i don't know um and the other way around for um for journalists uh, who've been doing this sharp aggressive kind of journalism maybe at some point of time um they might want to not do it see but i have never done that kind of journalism like you know i cannot uh, i cannot question my guests in 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 a certain manner i keep it civil i have not i don't know that's me and i have never done that you know i i i don't need to be aggressive in asking a question uh, i can ask it politely that is what i set those ground rules earlier i'm criticized for it quite a bit um for example when i interviewed uh, mr modi there was a lot of criticism that uh, you gave you a very soft ball but uh, if you go back if anybody is to critically judge it i have there were over 40 questions mm. right in 40 can can you do 40 soft ball questions no there are some soft balls which you throw uh that's part of the process when you play a cricket game not everyone is out for the middle stump no mm. so uh, there and uh, what is the idea as a journalist uh, working for a news agency my idea is to get content from my guest for of from, from the person i'm interviewing for use for every channel i am not i'm not a person who would interview for trps for ratings because i am not a tv channel so there's a difference when i interview a prime minister or when a channel interviews a prime minister or leader of the opposition anybody so i have that style because i'm an agency journalist i know i get trolled a lot for saying this under the guise of agency tum kuch bhi and things like that jo bolenge bolenge i don't i think yeah. people have sharp opinions about a subject they yeah. expect you to share that sharp opinion yeah uh which is why there's so much pressure on you asking yeah. like tough questions because it's actually in their heart yeah. and there's also possibly in some cases there's an element of jealousy that why did this person get it why, why not me i would have asked like better questions true there are journalists very senior journalists who said if i got that opportunity i would do this she's so useless bhai but but you didn't get the opportunity <laughs> exactly i waited my turn no for so many occasions i didn't get no yeah. uh, the opportunity i do feel I'm being very vulnerable here. Not vulnerable. I'm just being open. This is not mm-hmm. vulnerability. I Which do is feel, okay to be vulnerable, no? Yeah. This is what I was discussing with my guys uh, mm. when we went to the cabinet for the cabinet minister interviews. Mm. The average age of that team was 21 mm. years, <laughs> and I was the oldest guy oh, at God. 29 because all the other guys are 18, 19, huh. 18, 19, and all of us were collectively feeling damn weird that. This is happening to us so early in life. Like I felt it was early for me also. Yeah. So I did feel it was a little unfair to possibly, maybe journalists who actually dedicated their entire life to political uh, happenings in the country. No man. You don't think no, it's unfair? Absolutely not. I think uh, it's a late realization uh, in the cabinet to have figured out the impact that you have. So please don't think that impact is related to age. Why would you think that? I mean uh at no point of time should you feel any sense of um guilt that uh, you jumped the queue who if you think in a country of 1.4 billion people you have to wait for your turn to come age no that's not what you're supposed to do you have to jump the queue you have to go forward stand in line when you're at the airport and that's about it 
in your career no absolutely not i think the the world is just waking up to the fact that you guys speak to people who we guys took for granted or journalists took for granted like uh like uh, the conversations that you have on your podcast um we uh, our generation of journalists or why my generation even the younger journalists they think those people are not important they are not are wo to sirf guru hai guru to only spiritual hai sirf spiritual no the conversations that you've had it's touched so many people who uh, journalists take for granted so i'm so glad that uh, people in positions of power are realizing that they cannot talk to just journalists and journalists who were um, who were sitting in this ivory thing and looking down upon podcasters that okay you didn't go through the rigors of journalism so what to journalists i would say you cannot always be the the person interpreting uh doing the interpretation of policies and programs for the people there will be others who will come in yes to a certain extent our training the rigors that we have done gives gives a wider perspective but in today's world in 2023 i think people need to see all and they are mature enough to understand that this i get from a podcaster this i need to cross check with a journalist this i need to figure out from somebody else i need to go to my parents i need to go to my college uh, principal i need to get perspectives that is extremely important life is not just black and white or one shade now i'll take you to your ground reporting experiences okay what's been like the most intense reporting experience of your entire career stories i can't really pick on stories which i've liked doing or not like doing uh, i think um, i did so much like for a long time uh, i was uh, working while doing uh, ani which is the news journalism part uh, i was also working for many foreign broadcasters so that was fun because you see india from a foreign persons from a foreign uh, news agency's perspective stuff that you know we used to take for granted like environment and all that till about 5 years ago where was environment journalism important at all uh, pollution or river water uh, you know river water pollution your droughts and floods and all that okay in in an in a newsroom what happens ha flood ho gaya okay bihar mein flood ho gaya kitne mare bhai acha uh, 15 dead ha okay fine put it in the 2 pm bulletin hmm. that's how it works okay 30 dead okay maybe in the 7 pm bulletin or 6 pm wow. bulletin it it deadens your humanity to a large extent journalism in yeah, india in india so it's like okay let me get to the foreign part totally different when they they report so it's like um assam floods are happening it happens every year forget it jab zyada log marenge tab dekhenge aap koi comment aaya kya cm ne has cm commented has pm commented okay uh regret and uh, funds are being generated okay fine put it in the 2 pm bulletin oh nobody's watching floods ka kitna dekhenge can't tell so it goes in so that kind that's the kind of uh sensitivity or that's the kind of interest that these kind of stories would have in a newsroom or you know okay look at the debates also no it's all about hindu muslim hindu muslim all the time get one Uh, mullah ji get one pandit and then have them fighting why is it about hindu muslim all the time it should not be but then its ratings 
uh, whenever people ask me this in colleges and schools when i uh, go to speak and they turn around and they say why is it so polarized why your debate i said tum dekhte kyu ho why you watching it <laughs> it's your ratings you guys yeah. are tuning in <laughs> you sit in your living room your mummy sits that daddy sits there and they're giving galis all the time yeah. right they don't see it na if you don't see it then you don't watch it you won't they won't get the ratings won't happen don't you feel that like the newer generation and i mean gen z that don't you think they are more into raw and in depth uh stuff rather than this old school format of putting two people against each other it's going to that format is going to die out people are getting sick and tired ranveer okay. you work a whole day 9 hours 10 hours see what happened why were people getting into that the reason is because whole day you had no time to do news no time to see ki kya hua kya kya nahi hua and things like that so you lay put your trust in those 9 pm or 7 pm whatever bulletins that you were watching you put your trust in those anchors that they had sifted through the news of the day and they were going to tell you what is right what is wrong that is why some of our anchors have this huge fan following and huge viewership is because after watching after they have gone through the whole day they are going to tell you because you are exhausted you've come back home after the drudgery of a day's work and commuting like in your city in mumbai i mean we're getting home is itself like takes the jaan out of you so you come home and then you ha- you sit in front of the tv and you expect the anchor to tell you ye sahi hai ye galat hai because you don't want to think you don't want to use your mental faculties you just want to sit and watch and mm. a lot of it is entertainment mm. when they are quarreling are usko down kiya are usko ye you know it's it's fun so for a, for many people they were watching it but after some time that noise is getting to everybody now you the comments that you're seeing like i appear on these debates a lot of it is let that person talk allow that person to say what he has to why are you but in these channels what happens is that the guy who's on the control he's the one who doesn't do the fader for the person who's the rudest meanest loudest they are the ones who are listened to because you're listening to them because yeah, drama used to sell i don't think drama sells anymore post covid everyone wants a more relaxed more broken down format of things i also feel that's the big i don't want to call it curse but it's the big downside of television based journalism that there are time limits that you're supposed to follow because of the way yeah. the money works in that industry yeah true uh, that's true but then who are these people who are coming as experts tell me i don't know you tell me <laughs> they just sitting in a car and they are talking mm. and giving you gyan on politics what have they done do they represent a political party are they uh, are they uh, have they done any kind of reporting on politics what do they know they come in as experts who have done an analysis on politics they come in and the other opinion is that why should we only have journalists as experts we should have a doctor talking about politics okay fine if that works for you guys it's okay i'm not the one who's deciding so i just feel that it's it's wrong would you call Uh, a gynecologist to sit out here and tell me whether pepsi is the right thing to drink or not mm. or coke is the right thing to drink or not or whatever mm. why mm. they're not an expert on that right so why would you would you sit one hour and talk about uh, you know mental health from just a sports person it'll be a section of it but 
he doesn't become an or she doesn't become an expert on that is money reducing in the world of television based journalism absolutely because i hear some of my friends saying that, that they've lost sponsors it's coming to going to come to youtube what wait and watch it's coming to digital you mean the brands that Snap, work with television Scott's news thing. channels are yeah. going to move to ani news podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's coming it's moving to digital it's already moved a lot to digital okay um so anybody who's who has a tv channel is concentrating a lot on their digital content anybody who has a newspaper you know uh, just to uh, go back a little bit in time when we used to do uh, reporting and uh, we'd go and do uh, you know like maybe a uh, vajpai ji okay he's covering he's going to the us un ja rahe hain so we would go pm is speaking in the un indian pm is speaking in the un indian delegation is meeting with this and all we do like blow by blow reporting as a news agency we have to do blow by blow reporting uh, who are the people who met who the prime minister where did the prime minister go what did uh, the indian delegation do from the secretary to the additional secretary to the joint secretary what were the deals that were signed not signed whatever happened then there'll be the uh, like the india today and outlook and all these journalists they would file one story in a week that's all they needed to do one analysis piece a round up whole week they were just absorbing and they were you know writing a book of their own or doing whatever what would the salaries be like phenomenally high because they were like so yani so they did what happened within a couple of years by the time the next prime minister came in they had to do reporting because all those magazines all those newspapers also had a website so they had to compete with us we already had muscle memory mm. right of filing beat by beat stories they had no muscle memory of doing that those who learned and did it survived those who were resisting it moved off they had to move away into whatever they were doing after that similarly um editing camera work right if somebody turned around and said that i am a reporter mai camera nahi karunga mai photo nahi karunga mai podi nahi uthaunga you know the ladder the stand of the camera mai wo nahi uthaunga wo sound man uthayega no your cameraman now is also a reporter is also picking up stuff i've done that you pick up the stuff you use learn how to use you learn tech you learn editing you learn everything because unless you are multitasking as a journalist you are a dying breed and podcasting and getting on to youtube is one of the things that journalists will have to learn okay i have a lot of questions but i will begin with a question that might seem very basic to you it's not basic to both my listeners and myself sure uh in theory everyone understands why state elections are important but what's the actual breakdown in terms of there are different elections for the center and there's different elections for each state now say if the bjp doesn't win in a particular state what's the actual impact of that happening on central elections hmm why is it important to actually win in every state because everyone studies <laughs> this in civics textbooks but i don't think people understand the political reality in its entirety so um two ways one you as a citizen huh. how does it impact on you two how does it impact on a political party three how does it impact on governance state election uh let me begin with political party uh for a political party winning every state election is important if they are a national party for regional parties 
एब्सोल्यूटली इम्पॉर्टेंट टू विन बिकॉज नहीं तो उनका वजूद क्या है वॉट इज योर वॉट इज योर आइडेंटिटी इफ यू कैंट विन इन योर ओन स्टेट फॉर एग्जाम्पल इफ इन तेलंगाना के सी आर्स पार्टी लूजेज हुज ही देन वॉट्स इज आइडेंटिटी इफ डी एम के लूजेज इन तमिलनाडु वॉट इज देयर आइडेंटिटी दे आर नॉट इट्स नॉट एज इफ दे आर फाइटिंग इन हरियाणा सो इफ दे लूज इन तमिलनाडु दे आर नो बडी दे दे जस्ट इन द ऑपोजिशन दे फॉर फाइव ईयर्स देर एग्जिस्टेंस डजन मैटर सो फॉर देम इट्स वेरी हार्ड that's a political party for a national party also like if they lose uh, say like bjp just lost karnataka um the congress won in karnataka now that means that uh, the congress is you know on an upward trajectory so when they have this opposition unity meets and things like that they come from a stronger position so if the other smaller parties turn around and say hey, you you hardly matter you're not there in more than two states they say no we are there now in three states we are there in four states we won himachal we won karnataka so they are in a in a driver seat as far as opposition unity is concerned that's political parties um how does it matter in governance it matters in governance to a large extent which uh, if you have a party which is not the same party as the center then for everything there is a pull and push which happens you want to build a metro station you want to build a railway station you need funds the center might if they want to be nasty the center might turn around and say you put in your effort you put in your money you're supposed to put 20% we are supposed to put 60% uh, the files might go back and forth back and forth they might turn around and say we'll put 20% but then see we've had a flood we've had a drought we don't have the money to put in the 20% so can you put in the 60% this year we'll put in the 20% next year if it's the same political party sometimes it works but if it's a party which you know doesn't want to uh, do it they might be mean they might not agree um so those kind of things might happen in governance matters um a state might think that you know just because we've had an opposition party or we've had a non uh, pa- a party a regional party in power in our state um that's why you've not built roads in our state hmm right you've not built highways in our state roads in the sense they built this smaller roads but for state highways for national highways you've not done that you've not made projects uh, you don't buy our food grain you don't give us subsidies so these kind of things happen sometimes when uh, when two different parties are in power how does it affect you as a citizen as a citizen your only job is to elect somebody who listens to you right who does things for you who's a doer as far as so when when it comes to your panchayat level election or it if you're a villager if it comes to your block development uh, issues you need to put people in place who do things for you unfortunately that's not what happens uh, when it comes to uh, state elections people tend to vote with sentiment with caste with with those kind of issues in mind which which shouldn't be the case so i think voter education is important where people need to know uh, who to vote for it's not just promises it's also promises delivered in the past and the ability to deliver in the future why don't we do a little breakdown of voter education okay. you're the right person for it what, what should you do as a voter yeah like what what should a, an 18 year old know uh be aware in the sense of read newspapers uh watch television uh see podcasts go into youtube understand what your we've studied this in school duties and rights right there's some basic things if your roads are not good uh to your home if the garbage is not being picked up if you are unable to breathe the air 
because of the pollution these are things which are not being done ask questions ask questions when people come to you for your, for their vote or punish them because it's not being done find out also who you are electing are you is your family electing because the person is you know i'll tell you one example is that long long ago i was covering uh, Uh, the campaigning of this person called vp singh who became prime minister of of india he was considered mr clean he was he's the one who brought about uh, you know who's brought about something called the mandal uh, thing where reservations were given on the basis of caste so he was seen as and he was he's the one who dethroned supposedly uh, rajiv gandhi because he brought the whole buffers allegation and he was he was considered the middle class messiah so i was covering his election and everywhere he was talking about how he brought rights for for the so called untouchables of india the the dalits and the the absolutely marginalized people and the obcs the other back, backward castes and he was talking about all of them and after he left then i spoke to the villagers and when i asked them is there aap inko vote denge he says ha hum vote denge na we'll vote because he's a thakur we are a thakur and i was like so once it was over when i went to interview him i said listen you keep talking about you know that you have uh, you made the lower castes of our country stronger because of your legislations those people are voting for you because you're upper caste and they are upper caste he just didn't have an answer mm. you understand so even though benefits were coming to the lower castes in uttar pradesh people who were voting for vp singh were people from the upper caste who were voting for him so it's a it's a strange system where even in 2023 when elections happened in karnataka we were like lingayat vote kahan pe gaya uh, you know vakaliga vote kahan pe gaya so people were still voting on the basis of sect you know whether are lingayats hindus or lingayats non hindus so are they shivbhaks but hindus wow you know we were we are getting stuck with this in 2023 which is so frustrating and that's the truth of the majority of our country right yeah. like the votes that actually make a difference the yeah. quantum of votes that make a difference are chosen based upon sect class yeah. religion etc yeah that's the sad thing and what about what about the educated people tell me people like you people like my friends my cousins my relatives and things like that those who come from educated families sometimes don't go to vote bangalore look at bangalore low voting turnout people don't i think oh, it doesn't affect us how does it matter it's just state elections we'll vote in 2024 for national elections nonsense you should vote for every election it's your duty as a citizen your vote counts and people who think we don't count uh, you might as well take a whip and start whipping yourself then you're mm. that stupid you're mm. that dumb to think that you don't matter as a citizen mm. okay uh i still want to break down this whole state versus center thing mm. uh why should the bjp be worried truly if another uh party like say the congress is won in karnataka uh and you said that um, basically the opposition then gains more force but what is that more force that they gain specifically what's the quantification of it in a democracy it's good if we have a good opposition it keeps the ruling party on uh, on its toes and they uh, they know that they cannot mess around so as far as the opposition is concerned 
um it's got bogged down by a whole lot of issues but uh, these unity moves and things like that uh, now they have a a new agenda which is somehow the other defeat the bjp now uh, that that is an electoral agenda of defeating the bjp but people are smart they want to know defeating the bjp is not something that affects me i am going to what you tell me how are you going to resolve like a person sitting in kashmir how are you going to resolve my issues is a person sitting in mumbai how are you going to resolve my issues just because ncp is joining in with uh, lalu yadav ncp is joining in with mamta how is that going to resolve my issue are you going to build a metro are you going to build a road are you going to improve the condition in my neighborhood how are you going to do that so what is your agenda for the country Mm. how what is your agenda for national security what do you think should be done with china what do you think should be done with pakistan should we get closer to the us what should we do what is your agenda for the country what is your mai pyar ki rajneeti and all that people don't believe in that mm. anymore similarly for the bjp they did not they came with this whole thing of uh, congress mukt bharat they have not managed to do that so for them to that extent 10 years congress mukt bharat has not happened i didn't believe i and i think it's wrong in in certain ways to think for a political party to say that we will wipe out the existence of another political party no who gave you that god given right you might believe that the congress is not right for the country but if the, they are getting elected that means respected the people of the country want that party to stay this there is a large chunk of india which thinks that the congress has a role to play in the country so i think that they got a bloody nose and i was right mm. in that i'm not saying it with the sense of ha oh, i'm right i know mm. no i'm not saying it with that i think it is it is that arrogance of being in power or arrogance of i am right always which is something that all political parties should guard from mm. so why is it important to win election it's important to win election because if you don't win an election you cannot put your policies and programs into effect and the other thing is that uh, we we spend a lot of effort in being centrist right uh, many of us think it's wrong to take a position right or left when you are uh, when you're doing the questioning when you have um, you are a journalist in one way or the other you may not have had the rigors of learning journalism but the kind of work you do is is journalism too you i've seen your questions that you put to rajiv chandrashekar to piyush goel to ajay shankar and to others also you come from a space of journalism even when you do your mystical podcast i've seen that they don't just they're not just mystical mystical you're asking questions which a journalist would also ask so we spend a lot of time thinking that as journalists we should be centrist um that's not the case not many of us need to be that you can be left or you can be right the questions should represent both that you ask a person let me give you an example in 20 2004 election um there was this magazine which came out with the uh, the photograph vajpayee versus who vajpayee was loved so much so this question of there was a blank page and who really there was just a question mark because the opposition didn't have a candidate so if you were to go as a young person in 2004 to say that hey if i don't vote for the Kong, uh, for the mr vajpayee who is a much loved figure who will i vote for then strangely enough that question mark won 
Vajpayee, who is one of the most loved prime ministers, I would think after um, after uh, Nehru, maybe Mrs. Gandhi was loved, but then she was hated too. Vajpayee never went through that hate phase. He was always adored a lot. So, that question mark one. So you can never write off a political party. Could anybody have imagined that an uh, I.K. Gujral or uh, Devagowda would become prime minister? Even Devagowda wouldn't imagine that he would be prime minister of the country at that stage or even I.K. Gujral. You know, some South Delhi uh, kind of a politician who never went through the rigors of politics. Okay. He became. What happened in 2004? How did they lose? So in 2004, what happened was that there was this India shining moment. There was the BJP was doing so uh, well. They had won three state elections and uh, they uh, they they rescheduled the election. They held it earlier than it was supposed to hold. And uh, I believe that uh, what one has heard is that Prime Minister Vaj, uh, Vajpayee did not really want the elections to be uh, to be held earlier. Um, but the party, which is the BJP style. The BJP always is like the party karyakartas and the party circle, they hold uh, a very strong view. So even if the prime minister is the party prime minister, if the party feels something, then the prime minister has to go with it. Even now? Even now. Wow. They have like the prime minister might say something to the BJP, but they have a very strong Carter based uh, thing. So the prime minister... Prime Minister Modi is typical uh, of the RSS uh, uh, culture and of the BJP culture. He has come from that RSS, BJP, um, the Jansang, <coughs> sorry, training. So he will give a lot of value to what Mr. Nadda would have to say. Not that Mr. Nadda will ignore what Mr. Modi has to say. They might be at... Uh, at two ends of the spectrum during a conversation which is held. But there is a lot of, uh, they call it Chintan Manthan and they call it Chintan Baithak, where there's a lot of views which are shared. And it's not as if they will ignore the Prime Minister. No, I'm not saying that the Prime Minister was at that time was said, no, you don't know anything. No, that's not the case. But Prime Minister Vajpayee was also very unwell by that stage. He had a whole lot of health issues and things like that. He gave in to his advisors who said that they had more chance of winning and they lost that election. And the opposition uh, at that stage had no clue that they're going to be able to get that 272 number but they did uh, with a you know a, a coalition getting together and they formed a government and the government lasted so um, somehow or the other it lasted I'm not saying it was good for the country or bad for the country I'm nobody to judge uh, but it happened so I never put it past this vagaries of our electoral system that uh, you know to write off a political party to say Han, nahi ho sakta. okay uh, do you think we have actually gone into a bit of a presidential style election now, at least in the eyes of the general masses? Because from the little that I've figured through the show, I believe that we have. Like even the general public votes for a person now versus like a party. Like I don't think people are informed enough to know the nitty gritties of the entire party, the performance. I'm talking about the extremely common man who's not even mm. sitting in like tier one which is actually the bulk of the country. Okay. Uh, I think it's more personality driven, but not presidential. I would hesitate to say that because if you were to say presidential, then you would have to see the American system. So we don't have that. We have taken some of the 
some of the stuff from the American constitution, some of the stuff from the British constitution and made a constitution of our own. But yeah, it's personality based, certainly true. Um, also, you have a prime minister right now who's a very strong prime minister, you know, so uh, a number of people win their uh, Lok Sabha elections, win their state elections, everything based on his charisma. So pitted against him is the Congress party, which has not not been able to bring up Rahul Gandhi to that level. The Bharat Jodo Yatra, I think to a certain extent, was aimed at that. To give an alternative to a Modi, um, his style of being a, a leader as compared to that. Because we had 10 years, remember, of a prime minister who was a very uh, humble, self-effacing, staying away from the limelight. So the rise of Modi was supposed to happen or happened because of that. Because the country wanted this really strong leader. I think the country was ready for that. Um, like Mrs. Gandhi came in after, you know, you had a, uh, you had Shastriji who was again a mild-mannered, soft, though he won a war at, at one point of time. But in spite of that, you know, he came uh, across as a softer, milder kind of a thing. And then you had Mrs. Gandhi coming in. Against her aggression, you had the you know, the Janta Party came in where you had Muraji Desai and then you had that conglomerate which came in, you know, which with Muraji Desai. There are others who came in. There was a Charan Singh, Raj Narayan. Right now, when you look back at that age and you think, seriously, these people became, they were ruling the country. They took us back so much. We became so ultra-socialist and things like that. But these are things, checks and balances, which happen in a democracy like ours. Do you think history repeats itself in a span of 50 to 60 <laughs> years as well? Uh, I really am not. Uh, I don't know so much about political science of uh, to say whether it's 50 years, 30 years or 10 years. But uh, I think uh, there are checks and balances in our system. Where when, uh, when people get tired of a certain kind of rule, they would, they elect a mess maybe. They elect... Um, you know, uh, I remember there was this uh, rally in which Vajpayee said, Wo khichdi paka rahe hain, hum khir paka rahe hain. You understood? Khichdi is a mix and bland and boring, which is a coalition, as compared to khir paka rahe hain, something which like some, we're going to give you something which is tastes good, smells good, feels good, will be good for your system. So, and strangely, his favorite food is supposed to be khichdi. <laughs> <laughs> is PR and marketing a massive part of winning elections? Like how massive is it truly? I would assume it's actually everything. Frustrating it is, yes. It's everything. Yes, it is. Um, it uh, The dangers is if the, the danger is if they get led, if a political party get led totally by the fakery of PR. PR also is that your product has to be good to market it well, to image it well, to present it well. If you are going to have a khota sikka, if you're going to have a product which is damaged and fake and you uh, paper it well and post it and expect sales to happen, to some extent it will. And then you as an ad agency, as a PR are going to suffer too. Hmm. The product suffers too because totally rejected. So uh, I just feel that those who think that their content is rubbish and they take good PR, Bollywood has learned that, right? And more so um, political parties. 
I think that uh, political parties are savvy enough to realize that don't go completely on PR, do the work on the ground. Those who are not doing their work on the ground, if you see, um, you can go on um, uh, once long, long ago when I'd gone to Gujarat and uh, I'd uh, uh, interviewed the CM and he said, Jab tak pani na ghar mein. I, unless there is tap in the water and unless the river water has come to the farmer, he's not going to believe that, oh, Modi is a great CM. They won't vote me back to power. Unless I build that road, that, the panwala who's sitting on that road just hoping that wo koi jayega, aayega, on that highway will stop and buy pan from me is not going to happen. So unless I give a good road and there is a, a stop sign where people will come and eat and after eating will go to the pan, he's not going to do it. So dhanda has to work, no? So I think pure PR won't work. PR with good content, good product will work. Okay. Uh, is... I have so much to say about this PR and marketing angle because hey, <laughs> apparently I'm also a part of it. <laughs> yeah. People think I got paid by the government to do cabinet minister I interviews. Saw that. I did it because it was the next obvious progression as a podcaster. I yeah. didn't get paid a single rupee. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed talking to them. I feel like as a podcaster, you need to get to know what's happening in your country and you need to reveal it to the audiences. Yeah. So I'll lap up the criticism because my idol is Cristiano Ronaldo and that's what I've learned from him. Okay. And I'll use it to get better. I do intend on bringing the opposition. Good for you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thrive off of people uh, shooting arrows at me. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a little, little yeah. masochistic uh, content creator vibe. I get that. I mean, I was like, I was horrified that, you know, people were attacking podcasters. And I won't be surprised if, if uh, this also comes from disgruntled journals who don't like the idea that they didn't get those interviews and uh, those guys went to the podcasters. In fact, I'll tell you honestly, I also had this twinge of envy that, wow, like back to back three uh, ministers or four ministers that who went on these podcasts, like amazing work. Then I felt that that's great. That means that even the government is recognizing the value of the podcast. Believe me, when I started out six, seven months back, nobody wanted to come on the podcast. I said, why will you come on this? Why don't you take us instead for, you know, on your channel, on your uh, agency? It'll go to all the channels. Why YouTube? Kaun aega? The same people who, I think one should keep a diary, who said, I don't want to come on your podcast, now are calling to say, yeah, we want to come on your podcast. Same big shots who were like not interested at all, want to come. I, and others don't realize it, that we could be calling people over to chat with them for no money. Did you at any point of time or did anybody question how these ministers go to all the conclaves mm. of, uh, of uh, news organizations? Are those news organizations not getting ads? Right? Did anybody question that why are they getting so many ministers? Nobody questions them. Why? Just because they're journalists who are doing the questioning. But if they come on podcast, then oh, how do you dare you go? Why? Those guys are getting millions. The podcasters are getting millions of viewers. The channels are not getting so many millions. So. Mm. I also want to say something cliched here. Um, again, I didn't ask for it. It came to me. But I know the amount of work I've put in for the eight years prior to this moment. Of why are you feeling so uh, thing about even asking? <laughs> Chalega na? That's your work to get 
people on your podcast who are interesting so even asking is not wrong yeah. you know um okay let's let's just speak on behalf of all the anti modi uh janta that actually has a problem that i've done this hmm. uh i get that their problem is this perception that now i am a tool of the government uh, and i'm like doing their pr but the truth is i'm just a podcaster learning how to do political podcast this is the first opportunity i got you give me the opposition i'll do like the opposition podcast as well i'm not trained as a journalist i won't ask the hard hitting political questions i want to get to know the human i want to get to know what they've gone through and then as the viewers you guys can come to your own conclusions about it now in saying all of this my actual intention here is to get virat kohli <laughs> I agree with so, you. Uh, yeah. People can have all their stories that they're cooking up about me. I'm going to keep continuing. Yeah. Uh, and even if there is criticism, I strongly have always believed that all forms of publicity are good publicity. Mm. My stuff is growing, so yeah. I'm more than happy. Uh, I'm happy to be a target of envy, also honestly, because it's a validation for your work. Yes. And I'm not going to be doing podcasting for longer than five years, so I might as well milk it while it's doing. Who well. knows? No, where life goes, <laughs> and I mean, maybe there's another platform like YouTube. Who knows? Yeah. Their platforms will keep changing. I also want to say that often the anti-Modi uh, part of our society, which is a lot of South Bombay, South Delhi, like the elite classes, have a problem that uh, India's falling behind. Well, okay. if india's truly falling behind and your reference point is say america or the west there is a podcasting culture there where politicians come on podcast people have appeared on joe rogan political commentary happens on podcast so if we're moving in that direction support me i will talk for you as well i will you know They're talk on your behalf absolutely politicians are going to come as soon as the numbers come because politicians are only looking for voter base no ultimately a politician looks for what people who will listen to him or her will understand and you are giving a platform why will they not come to you of course they'll come to you and it doesn't matter and you don't need to validate your point of view that i'm centrist i'm not i'm not a tool i'm not people are going to make as you get more success people will make these kind of comments and at some point of time you have to just say f it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you do what your conviction tells you What's the truth about the interiors of the country with this whole internet penetration thing happening? Uh I have heard stories like you know kids who were in villages whose parents didn't even have televisions are now listening to K-pop like Korean mm. pop watching K-dramas like yeah. getting into Korean culture and some of them are even learning co- Korean which is so strange. Yeah, strange. <laughs> <laughs> like uh they're farming and listening to K-pop. Hmm. So this country is going into an extremely I don't want to use a negative word but like I was I was going to say strange but I'll actually replace that with interesting phase of its own growth. Yeah. And obviously if they're getting access to K-pop and K-drama, they are getting access to podcasts, they're getting access to BBC, they're getting access to uh people like yourself. So I think the learnings also becoming extremely ferocious. Yeah. I I'm curious to see what happens over the next two decades. It'd be so interesting, no? To be as I say, we're living in interesting times. Look at the photographs now, Ranveer. Like if your parents show you photograph of uh, when they went villages, they went to villages of India. Look at the clothes that people were wearing, right? You knew immediately, farak kya hai, right? They were in dhotis and they were uh, women had their head covered in many places, dupatta or uh, whatever, and. in other places like there are places i have seen women in uh, in some sections of 
in some when I was a kid, I've seen in some places where women didn't wear blouse. They just wore a sari and the palla around they didn't have blouse. You don't see that anymore. Um, as far as covering the head is concerned, in many places you don't see it, which you used to say. You went to Haryana, you only saw salwar kameez and uh, sir dhaka hua ya yahan tak or in uh, Rajasthan. To many places you saw that. That's all changing. That's one of the earliest. Uh, again, I'm coming back to UP Bihar because you know those were considered so backward that it comes as a shocker to you when you go to those areas that you see that that kind of abject poverty. So when I that was my first, and then I realized how how insulated we are, you know, living in cities sometimes. Even when you went to the villages, you went to your nani ghar, dadi ghar. That's that's about it, right? Or if you went tourism or something, you st stuck in that hill station, or you went to a beach resort. You didn't really go and mingle with people. Um, and um, I was just talking to a journalist. I was interviewing her, and uh, and she was saying that how she went to Mayawati's rally. And she started crying in the podcast when she was saying that she went to that rally and she saw that there wasn't a single person who was wearing a cotton sari. Everybody was wearing polyester and because they couldn't afford cotton saris. How things have changed, right, in our country because polyester is easy to maintain so people went into polyester saris. My first impression I still remember is that somebody was talking about Dalit and all. I said, how do you know that he is Dalit? Hai? He could be an OBC or whatever, no? So he says, uske pair dekho. So I just looked and I said, what does that have to do? He says, because they are not allowed to wear shoes. So Not allowed to wear not shoes. Not allowed to wear shoes. So they have cracks in their feet. So even when they go to the city, when they wear chappal, with the cracks of their feet, they knew ki wo dalit hai. But why are you not allowed to wear shoes? That was the casteism that was practiced, no, Ranveer? In there are certain places where uh, Dalits were not allowed to or even backward caste, not necessarily the most backward, Ati Dalit bhi nahi, but Dalit or even slightly above, they were not allowed to own land, only work as landless laborers. So you continue, you could you maybe say they sent their daughter or son to study he's become an IAS officer, she's become an IAS officer. Maybe through the quota system or whatever the system, but she's become, so there is some kind of money which is coming in into that Dalit person's home because money order economy, that money is coming in. Makes a pakka house, but still is in that Dalit village. If he or she wanted to buy a plot of land to cultivate that plot of land, it took a long, long time because that it wouldn't be registered. Now, by law, he can. By law, he that farmer can go and buy land. But it never used to happen. They wouldn't, oh, file gum jayega, something will happen. So there was a Dalit village and uh, an upper caste village. So you can't buy that. Same way Hindu-Muslim, this is a Muslim gali. So the shops will be Muslim. Hindus won't be there. Hindu ki dukaan nahi hogi. Agar Hindu area hai, to Muslim ka nahi hoga. These are things which, which bother you. You want that in this day and age, a person like you doesn't want that the India 20 years from now should still have these these are the dark truths of yeah. rural India, even in 2023. Yeah. And even in urban and semi-urban mm. India, it is there. In tier two cities, it's still there. A Hindu-Muslim shadi is not all that common. And when it is, it's fraught with all kinds of dangers. Dangers? Yeah. 
because mobs come after you they still run away even though there is a special marriages act there is provision that you can marry whoever you want to in spite of that it comes with dangers unless you are super affluent and it doesn't matter to you i mean a bollywood uh, actress marrying a bollywood actor or a politician who two different religion unko to koi farak nahi padega na unless you're that super rich or you're super successful uh, and you have that kind of thing nothing will happen to you but otherwise it is not easy still yeah. uh the one thing i have found weird about traveling in a lot of pa- in a lot of parts of north india is that uh, people will see me assume that i'm from a city uh because of the way i'm dressed have a nice friendly conversation with me and by the 5 minute mark or 10 minute mark in the conversation they'll ask me for my surname which <laughs> is alabad which is ambiguous then usually it's a hindu person who end up meeting and they ask me so are you muslim so i say no i'm hindu and the next question is par alabad ya matlab kya and they actually asking me for my caste correct and i'm like yo <laughs> why should i tell you my caste yeah uh but for them it's a very normalized uh that's true. question and yeah. that's when you realize oh shit this is not even a village this is banaras <laughs> like yeah. this is you know shimla like mm-hmm. parts of india like that are still concerned with what your caste is so you yeah. can't imagine what rural india is like yeah so it, there is discrimination i totally get that you know there are many my name you can't tell what my caste is or anything like that and but yeah when you my uh, first uh, exposure to caste i guess that's because um it's also a privilege uh, ranveer because you have not faced discrimination mm. it's not as if people you've lived your life in a metro but even in a metro if you come from a from a different caste from a caste which has faced discrimination you would face it even in a metro maybe not to the extent that you would in a tier 2 town or a village but it's very very there like what happens uh in school it will happen really? in yeah oh yes uh it happens in subtle manners in cities because people know that they ought not to say it openly but in in tier 2 towns and all it just comes very naturally you know they will not i have seen a very senior politician i'm not going to name but a very senior politician i was covering the rath yatra and uh, of advani ji and uh, you kind of will figure out who are talking about but i will not name um and uh, so the media sits and eats right so hum log sab saath mein baith rahe the we were we were just about 5 6 of us covering that stretch of the rath yatra and the food came and and i saw this person who was not very senior at that time and he was sitting separately uh, he was not sitting with us he was just sitting uh alag se so i just asked the person next to me said why is he sitting separately like i thought he's you know angry with us or something like that that's why he's sitting separately saying no because the person sitting on your left is um is a brahmin and so that person is sitting separately because he thinks that maybe um that guy will not like it that he's sitting with you wow and i'm not sure that the person on the left um uh was was actually saying that or was practicing it or whatever or has a reputation or not or that person out of ke seen na ban jaye was sitting separately but he's obviously faced that kind of discrimination in the past okay. right so 
he's faced it and that's why he'd rather not have the embarrassment so he would do that like not uh, another uh, place that i went to i was an academic that i was interviewing you know again regarding politics but i was sitting there and talking and uh, like your guys came and gave me water so they, they kept a banana and water i was like who keeps a banana you know uh, so uh, i and kept tea so i said nahi main chai nahi piyungi main chai nahi peeti hu so he's saying ab kela to kha sakte hain kele mein kya hai so i was like why so then i said okay so just in case they feel that i'm i'm not eating so i peeled it and i ate it and when i went out my cameraman told me that he is from a low caste he thought that you are upper caste and you're not drinking the tea so that's why kela was kept because kela you peel and eat and it God. doesn't matter which caste you are i felt so terrible i said but i don't practice casteism how did he know what my caste is and so he said they inherently know so they as a reflex mechanism they kept that you know how i felt so shitty pardon me for using that word i felt shitty at that time about my privilege that that generations of my people from my caste was somehow made this person who is you know who's seen it maybe or who knows it from this, experience this is the desi version of white privilege yeah so i didn't realize it till i got to the workplace i didn't face it that is my privilege that i didn't face atrocity so it's not it's not my fault that i didn't face it so i can get aggressive and say ki meri kya galti hai main thoda ki mere purvaj ne kiya hoga aur wo bhi nahi mujhe pata mere purvaj ne kiya ki nahi kiya you know but the fact is that it takes generations for confidence to build in people who for generations have been subjugated okay this is not the end of the podcast <laughs> even speaking for a bit oh yeah you want to you want to end no, it no that's you are the boss you decide i want to keep talking to you i'm going to learn a lot okay whatever you want uh what else do you know stuff about <laughs> gyan that's one thing i don't want to be out sitting out here and giving you gyan i've come to learn right you're my senior Uh-huh. what would you like to learn yeah so i i am amazed that you keep your uh, you keep that uh, innocence alive still in your podcast that you've been doing it for so long and you haven't got jaded doing that you know you and you and this gyani who are sitting that i know everything and i totally was ma'am <laughs> yeah it used to be until my bros has made me sit down and say that you know you're changing as a person yeah yeah I think it's very important to be in touch with your childhood friends. <laughs> oh, and that's okay. also something I learned off of the show. Off okay. Of, like I think the most relaxed slash one of the most successful people I met through the show was Sid Roy Kapoor, huh. who's a producer in the yeah, Hindi yeah, film yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that it's damn important to keep your childhood friends near you. Oh. And I feel also, honestly, YouTube is such a strange career because like I got to meet Virat Kohli this year. you know okay. like 3 4 wow. months ago it was the one like one of the biggest moments of my life i couldn't sleep the night after i met him and i was just like there's nothing there's nothing left after this there's no other aspiration for me and then parallelly through my job i'm getting to meet bollywood stars politicians people like yourself intellectuals thought leaders so i'm getting this very weird top view of our country Mm. I'm seeing what everyone thinks, and that makes me feel very strange to have got it so early in life, which earlier in my career has made me extremely arrogant. 
so okay. it's something i have to keep battling and uh, i've just got some very dear friends around me ha so i guess that's my uh, angle but also i think it's very important to be funny and relatable and the moment you start becoming arrogant you lose both absolutely <laughs> i think even these television uh, in journalism those who such pompous they get simply because like i have told you early no they they hang around powerful people and they think that hum bhi kuch bahut badi cheez hain you know they i told prime minister this i told this one this i told you know dropping no Means. Prime ministers don't take decisions because a journo told him that. Don't be silly, you know. So those who take themselves so seriously in life, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I matter. I don't think what I say matter. So when if anybody comes and tells me, "Oh, ugly bari election kon jeetega?" I was like, "Ah, what should I tell you? I don't know myself, man. I know it just as much as you do, you know." So it's like, don't give me this, you know. Like, or how is this person as a this this powerful person how she is a person how she is a person mereko kya pata how she is as a person when she goes home how she is that's mm. what matters no her family knows mm. i don't know and so i don't think we should as journalists we should keep that distance we should never get pally with powerful people because then we wow. lose perspective wow okay yeah. that's an intense thought yeah that's wrong i never i never count powerful people as my friends never I might being friendly is different Ranveer but not being friends because then you're losing your perspective you're losing they they can they can be doing weird stuff it's your job to report on that and they might just turn her say you are a friend how can you report mm. this no sorry damn got to do it yeah so that's where the problem occurs when those guys don't have the maturity to understand that I will be chatting with you. I'll be friendly with you. I, I like you as a person. I understand we have the same worldview, but your party f's up, or you do something dreadfully wrong. I'm reporting. Other than this whole caste system angle that we spoke about, is there any other dark reality of interior India or rural India that you've encountered, which you were shocked to encounter? I'm sure there's like a whole gender angle here. girls are not given yeah. any opportunity or education yeah. which starves them of opportunity as well uh am i right in saying that or is that so a lot of it uh, i think uh, real india people in the cities don't realize it and uh, don't want to face it also the stories that that come from that part of india um they are unpleasant right after whole days work when you come back home tired and you switch on your tv basically you want entertainment you don't want to s- and sometimes the story is like if you see some of the shows which have done very well you see sacred games and all it's a different kind of entertainment it's it's like even gangs of wasepur and all these kind of movies they're about real india and all that right um they shock you that's different but it's still it's still make believe but the real real india like you know when you see the 60% of your india lives in villages out of that you take maybe 30% where basic needs they are struggling to meet so people like us when we go in i think especially journalists or especially people who are lucky enough that we have a platform to present uh india we need to put those stories out too 
एंड देर आर मेनी पीपल हुल से ये डालोगे तो लुक एट द व्यू लुक एट वॉट पीपल विल से दिस इज इंडिया द वर्ल्ड डज वॉन्ट सी दिस इंडिया एंड थिंग्स लाइक दैट नो आर लीडर्स ऑल्सो मस्ट सी दैट इंडिया आर पीपल ऑल्सो मस्ट रियलाइज आर चिल्ड्रन आर एल्डर्स सम ऑफ आर एल्डर्स पेरेंट्स गुड इंटेंशन केप्ट अस इंसुलेटेड फ्रॉम ट्रूथ टू सम एक्सटेंट डेंट लेट अस सी बिकॉज दे हैव सीन वॉन्ट लाइक दोज हुव सीन डिफिकल्ट डेज ऑफ पार्टिशन यू नो केप्ट दर चिल्ड्रन अवे फ्रॉम इट डेंट टेल द स्टोरी ऑफ वॉट the atrocities that they faced or what happened and all because they didn't want them to know that they should have a happy childhood so didn't tell about those harsh stories what they went through didn't tell them that they kept them insulated right sometimes they would say ki ha wo bahut bure din the or something and the children then because they've not heard it they're like yeah your old stories your rone dhone wali kahaniyan nahi sunna chahte hum whose fault mm. it's their fault also no mm. by insulating those children after a certain age they don't want to know about this there is an american youtube channel uh which has come up in the last one or two years and that the guy who started it was on joe rogan recently mm. okay the youtube channel is called soft white underbelly and i highly recommend that everyone goes and watches this what he does is he tries showing the underbelly of america mm. which is drug addicts pimps prostitutes uh inbred families uh everything dark and morbid that you can think of related to american society hmm. uh he's shown on that channel he just every single video is the same it's a 40 minute video of a person sitting on a chair he first has comfortable conversation with them makes them open up and then makes them relay the entire story of their life and it's extremely dark and morbid and it's got millions and millions of views and it's one of the few new age american channels that's really come up only in the last one or two years usually what happens in america trickles down to india in about 5 years time and look at it why has it come up because their traditional media did not cover yeah. this yeah. his story this guy i think his name is mark later later mm-hmm. uh he used to work in advertising and he had become a kingpin in advertising over the last 30 years and he's like my whole existence and my career had become so glossy that i wanted to balance it out with reality yeah and he's like i actually put my own life at risk by doing these fabulous uh because he's actually going out on the street if he gets a prostitute the pimp comes after his life so he's like i have to change my studio location i've been in all sorts of situations he cried on joe rogan's podcast and he said that you know i know it's dangerous but this is re- really therapeutic i feel like i have only sold lies for the last 30 years wow because that was the nature of commercial advertising yeah it's a whole angle about how a burger looks great in an advertisement but when you actually go buy it it's not that glossy gosh i couldn't last for more <laughs> than a i have six months i did of advertising i couldn't do it anymore i just couldn't like i don't one one month i was just researching on ghee <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm not able to do this. And then there was chips, Uncle Chips, and there was something else. I mean, I was like, "Nee, Yura, boss, mercy, I can't," you know. So, but it's okay. I'm not demeaning that profession. But what I'm saying is that you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. If you want to make an impact, and it depends on what you want to do. Yeah. You want to be in advertising. You want to be in PR. We run down PR. It's important too. advertising there are so many toothpaste right actually what 
how is your toothpaste different from the other it's how you tell the story that's why advertising is important also because kisi ne keh diya long ka you know there's long clove in my toothpaste everybody uses it everybody has it the ingredient is the same but it's how you tell your story so what this guy is doing is also the fallback of you know there is certain stories that you switch on american media you switch on american television and you realize oh my god you are so cut off from what is happening in the country you so in, cut in, off for 5 years 4 years all they were doing was trump 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 is stupid trump is idiotic trump is this that's all they were covering and they were getting their ratings in some way they were surviving in some manner i don't know how but their ratings went up doing the anti trump coverage when trump was president of the country and now when biden is president of the country their entire focus is oh my god he may not be great but if he moves then trump will become how many years will you do your content on just trump so that's why podcasts are doing well. why do you think all these podcasts all this alternate news sites are doing well because people are sick and tired but there's no way to dislodge but if you don't learn to move with the times you will die out that's how newspapers have died out okay um yeah the natural progression again yeah. goes back to the start. either modify or, or else perish okay um this whole mark later soft white underbelly channel i think india is going to see a version of that in like 5 years where we speak about stories of this 30% where you said that you know these guys are in abject poverty yeah. they're thinking about where the next meal will come from um this is also the population that doesn't have the internet yet right hmm. like I, i think in our country 1.5 yeah. billion people only 800 million ish yeah. have the internet in their hands and it's a tool for education uh do you have any guesses about when this remaining section will get the internet? so it's uh, see I, i saw when the lines were being laid you know so the point is that when when uh, dhirubhai ambani said sabke paas mobile hoga people laughed we don't have water connection in our country you don't have electricity in our country you don't have forget water connection you don't have access to potable water you have to walk miles to get water i remember also those i you must have seen those films also na women with pots of water on their head and all that so when indian india dikhana chahte hain women in a sari carrying are all of those women died spondylitis ho gaya bone injury ho gayi carrying pots of water try doing that na try balancing that i used to get irritated as hell when i used to see those visuals so you know the thing is that when he said that indians every indian will have a mobile phone if people is to laugh but how many millions have it now right like we are we are on the way it takes time in our country simply because of our size and our population but <clears throat> even though there is poverty and there's that basic cheezon ke liye there is need uh it still is percolating there is a trickle down effect which is happening you did not have connectivity in vast sections i know for a fact that <clears throat> when i was covering uh, election in one particular area and there was it was a naxal infected area affected area and uh, there was a section where there was no phone network so we were going to be traveling at night in about a two and a half hour uh, journey um after sundown in that area with no phone connectivity damn yeah so 
right so and there were naxals everywhere and there was mafia and things like that so the option was do we stay back here and not go forward or should we just take the risk and go forward because if you stay back and the naxals come there then it's a problem we did go there was no phone connectivity today you cover every any area and every area in the country you have connectivity unless it's like hilly region in northeast india maybe in some areas you don't have connectivity now you have that connectivity so before going you can give location to your office and to your family that you're going here and you'll be there next for years it was not there so there's a lot which has happened which we take for granted because when you didn't have it you were so you didn't even realize that there could be a world where you had connectivity so even now i mean there are in villages and all that when they are able to connect with family with their sons and daughters who have gone abroad and they can see their grandchildren uh, on facetime even though they live in villages where there was no phone connectivity till a few years back so they never saw like almost 10 to 15 years of their children who went abroad you know now they can see their grandchildren do you count this as a win of the modi government because it's how it's projected in the media or is it the natural progression of our country and the natural progression of mukesh ambani <laughs> yeah so uh, i think all three okay all three things fell into place india was ready for um for an ambani tata adani all these people they are wealth creators i hate the demonization of these people uh yes of course if they've done something wrong legally catch them but the way wealth creators are demonized in this country i i seriously feel that it's that that socialist mindset that we all grew up in in the 70s and before that um it's the it's the remnants of that where we see rich people and think chore mm it's dying out though yeah it is like, i think people now look at rich people and say ha okay let me let my uh, you know put my bandwagon with his but put my wagon with that person and then learn how mm. right okay he is a successful person uh, i'm a cameraman he's a podcaster let me see you know instead of running him down let me see if he has a job for me the bitter truth is gen z listens to money yeah on Both. multiple levels yeah so i think economic prosperity important india was ready for economic prosperity today's day and age unless you bring prosperity right to that uh, uh person who didn't have it so modi yes because he comes from that antyodaya uh aspect that bjp has that thing that the last man standing has to get the benefit of uh of every rupee that the that you have earned in the country so they have that as that when they came into power they had a 15 year game plan that i know of maybe they have a 25 year game plan possible but i know that they had a 15 year game plan and the very first um speech that he gave from the red fort he spoke about swachh bharat he spoke about cleanliness and toilets where did you hear that ranveer did we know about that i as a journalist know this that when we used to all women journalists let me tell you on your show i don't think many people know about this all women journalists of my generation we all have stomach related problems why do we have it we all have health related problems why because there are no loose in this country for women there were no loose so if we would go out for say election coverage hum log subah nikalte the hotel se 
till we didn't come back in the evening wow. there's no place to go to a loo men can go anywhere no behind the bush damn what do you do so you don't eat or drink and elections mind you are held in summer we don't eat or drink because if you eat or drink and you may need to use the loo what do you do so these are things which people take for granted you know but there are stories which were never told today thanks to him making it out in the open that you can talk about lack of toilets you can talk about sanitary napkins and places jaya bachan spoke about on a podcast where she said that when they used to go out on shoots there was no place to change your sanitary napkin can you imagine an actress of her caliber today talking about it why because the movie called padman got made because india was ready to talk about things which nobody spoke no, about this is what i dislike about the extreme left for example i have a bunch of friends who are extreme left it's fine it takes all kinds right i appreciate the input in places but they completely discount the positives of the modi government like for example when this whole like he was in the us now and the speech happened they won't say that oh did you see modi's speech they'll say oh yeah did you like uh see the speech well did you see the reporter asking him questions about atrocities from 2002 like it it always goes into like the marketing criticism tangents without actually understanding the entire breakdown sure highlight like the negatives but know about the positives of this government as well there's a reason that they're still in power everything both sides went wrong no in the sense that it was a successful visit it became victimhood कि हाय ओबामा ने हमारे बारे में ऐसे बोला ओ नो दैट वुमन वन वुमन आस्ट अ क्वेश्चन इन अ प्रेस कॉन्फ्रेंस एंड आई थिंक द प्राइम मिनिस्टर आंसर्ड वेल ही गेव अ स्टॉक शॉर्ट आंसर ऑफ व्हाट हैपेंस दैट इंडिया डजेंट बिलीव आर कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन इट्स एल बी आर अ डेमोक्रेसी ऑफकोर्स प्राइम मिनिस्टर्स आंसर लाइक दैट टेल मी वन प्राइम मिनिस्टर हुज एडमिटेड दैट वी हैव इशूज दैट वी हैव राइट्स इन आर कंट्री नो वेन यू गो अब्रॉड यू say this about your country when obama comes is he asked about when uh, american presidents why obama when clinton came did people ask him about that oh you have racism in your country blacks are ill treated in your country are mm. people did anybody ask him that no because he's american president he's come he's deigned to come to a country like ours sharshat uh, naman you know shashtang pranam that an american president came to your country when uh, putin came or Brezhnev gave one. Anybody came from Russia. Pucha on say, where is democracy in your country? You have autocracy in your country. When Xi Jinping came, pucha on say, nobody from our country ever asked because Atithi Devo Bhava. We don't ask these uncomfortable questions. Do you think it will change? As we get more confident in our own skin, we will dare to ask these questions. So you don't think we're there yet? I don't think we're there as yet. I haven't seen that kind of putting on the mat. because we keep thinking that oh if you i'm saying we in the sense of talking on behalf of indian journalists which i don't think i should but i'm just saying that the the idea is that here's a head of state or government who has come so don't ask a softball question but ask a question relating to your country and their country which ought to be the case right i want to know that when when you ask a head of state who has come from another country about issues with your country you are an american how does it matter to you what happens in india as far as domestic issues are concerned you should be asking whether uh, you should be asking the american president is it in america's benefit to have relations with india modi just is a prime minister 
who represents india did you ask about india us no you were asking about modi as a person what was the exact question so asked? the question was about uh, you represent you say that there is democracy in our country and and things like that it's okay she's a journalist she's welcome to ask any question um when i say that she should have asked again i'm falling into the trap of say probably thinking that as a journalist what i would have asked i also asked a question of president obama in the white house when dr manmohan singh did the state visit that's the only other one that happened like modi's first state visit manmohan singh did that right it was in 2009 if i'm not mistaken so at that time i asked um obama about giving uh, about having um, pakistan as an ally when it is supporting terrorism when i asked that question it's not just about pakistan america it's about us being as indians being a victim of terrorism right so my question was on that but it's all right she's a journalist she asked a question wo answer ho gaya ab humko kyun itna obsessed hona hai about a question good she asked a question and the prime minister answered properly so it was okay so why make such a big deal about a, about a question being asked to the how dare she have the guts to ask this question and then make it about her and about her antecedents whether she's a muslim or a hindu and about pakistani or an indian never mind even if she's a pakistani asking a question chalega how does it matter ask the question answered nikal jao it was a damn good successful visit as far as india is concerned bask in that why it's good for us we've signed defense deals we've signed uh, trade deals we're going to get investment into our country america is going to benefit too they are selling to us they're going to have more jobs because of what we are doing so it's a win win situation for both countries we're not sitting in their lap because i think america today is understanding that india is a country you can do business with but you cannot twist and turn them we are not like a south korea we are not like any other state that they have as an ally they are respecting that we have a foreign policy which may not be in sync with them in certain matters it's fine i think there is a maturity in their uh, government uh, and i don't mean just democrat it doesn't matter which party comes to power out there i think in their decision making there is a kind of maturity to understand that we there is multiplicity of views in india even with regard to foreign policy and there we will not that we will take decisions in the international forum which benefits india and that can mean at any point of time uh, being an ally or buying purchasing military goods from russia from europe from anywhere else doesn't matter what america's view is on that okay I- have to ask you again for the sake of teenage listeners and people who don't know too much about foreign policy could you do like a 2023 indian foreign policy for dummies kind of no <laughs> because it's too complex uh, no because it's so dynamic no it changes every other day but uh, yes mm, let me just uh, if i was to just say what is different in um, in the way foreign policy is done today as compared to maybe 10 years back um or 15 years back i think uh, india it's basically the india story right um we when modi came in in uh, 2014 everybody 
there's one section which thought that we're going to have a very muscular foreign policy. That means we're going to be aggressive uh, towards our neighbors uh, and towards uh, how we position ourselves internationally. What you don't realize or what people didn't realize it to have a muscular foreign policy, first you have to have domestically, you have to be strong now. How can you be aggressive towards anybody and for no reason you can't be aggressive? How is it going to serve your purpose? So unless you're domestically strong, unless you're manufacturing industry, unless you're exports, unless you're strong and your economy is doing well, aggress aggression is zilch. Mm. Then you will be like a Pakistan which is aggressive. Mm. Just because of your geopolitical uh, thing, you have a suicide vest and aggressive ho that I'll blow up anybody who comes. Uh, so I'm aggressive. That kind of aggression doesn't work in a democracy. We are a functioning democracy. So I think many people misunderstood the muscular democracy kind of uh, muscular foreign policy in doing that. What did happen was that um, the BJP is not a shrinking violet. So they are not the con they are not from that non-aligned movement. Hum sweet se ke. No, they are rising to the occasion. And here we now have a foreign policy where where we have decided or we are telling the world that our voice matters because not just because uh, we are 1.4 billion today, but we are also representative of these developed nations which want a strong voice, which talks about equality, which talks about that you cannot have any organization like a UN uh, Security Council or any organization today without an India rep? What are you talking about? How? And as we get a voice of our own, I think our foreign policy uh, is getting uh, more confidence. I think our, our stand, our young officers, when they go, speak with a sense of purpose, with a sense of pride, uh, when an officer goes and speaks at the UN, she knows that uh, she represents a country which believes in our values of free speech, in uh, freedom uh, and in democracy. Uh, we have our fissures, we have our flaws, but I think uh, there is a confidence in our youth, there is a confidence in our policymakers today. Okay. What are our flaws? Which... Many of us, we have, we are a noisy democracy. So we have, we are people who will voice our opinions. We, we are somebody who, we, we have our diversity, which is our strength, but the diversity also causes fissures in our system. It causes, pulls apart people. We have our issues of caste. We have our issues of language, our religion, uh, so many things which pull us apart also. But at the same time, there are people in this country who believe that despite all our diversities, we are one country, we are one nation, right? And there are people who will try to, who try to divide us. Because when I say people, you know, people make fun, ke haan, foreign hand, foreign hand. But of course, there is foreign hand. Who likes the idea of another country becoming more important than the others, Right. It was a unipolar world, just America. Then it there was the G2. That Russia to hati gaya tha, Soviet Union hati gaya tha, Soviet Union broke up and there's Russia. Now there's China. China 
has a worldview that this america is a dying decaying power it is us europe is anyway falling apart because of various reasons so china wants to come into that single unipolar world where they are the one thing that is xi jinping's wet dream so he <laughs> wants that all right he wants to be there here is an india which is rising and coming up so it doesn't suit anybody's purpose and of course there are people in our neighborhood who are not comfortable with that idea and even friends of ours are not comfortable with that idea people who are our allies in some way or the other if you want to call it ally our friends our neighbors who saying who likes if your neighbor suddenly becomes pros- prosperous ultra prosperous even in a society dekh lo aap in a housing society if one person suddenly gets a mercedes suddenly in the sense of तीन साल में सडनली गेट्स राइट एक मर्सिडीज भी खरीद लिया तीन चार घर में हाउस हेल्प भी आ गया सडनली दे वेरिंग डिजाइनर क्लोज एंड लाइक लुक एट दिस वट इज दिस जॉनी कम लेटली हाउज यू कम सो आई एम जस्ट सेंग दैट इवन इन अ हाउसिंग सोसाइटी यू हैव दैट प्रॉब्लम सो इमेजिन कंट्री वाइज लाइक नेबरहुड ऑल्सो कंट्रीज सम कंट्रीज हैव पॉलिसी मेकर्स वो स्मार्ट इनफ एंड से दैट हे हियर्स अ कंट्री विच इज गोइंग टू बिकम सुपर ट्रिलियन डॉलर इकोनॉमी and we are still in a billion dollar economy let's let's join with them let's have trade routes with them free trade agreement with them uh, so that you know we can join up with them sri lanka is a country which is thinking like that that somebody who wants to come to india for tourism let's make our airport in such a manner that wo pehle sri lanka aayega wo do din sri lanka mein colombo mein ruk jayega do a little bit of tourism here because their tourism industry is great do tourism here and then go to mablipuram go to chennai so can do customs and immigration here only and then go there so airport to airport you join right so uh, you never know the middle east might turn around and say that's great here's a country with whom we can do this we can have this arrangement so more people think of this vasudeva kutumbakam that we talk about where you have these kind of arrangements what does it translate to one so, world yeah one world uh, okay. yeah basically means that that uh, while we talk about you know that make in india may we should be self reliant and all we also look at the world that it's one world so when you do you do something good in your country you share it with others you make vaccines give it to countries which can't cope with the with the covid situation in their country you you don't turn around and say hey we haven't yet given covid to all our people so no let's hold it we are not going to give it to the others no we have uh, that hydrochloroquine or whatever that was we gave it to countries which needed it we needed medicines so there was all that that vaccine maitri was just about that that you look at the world look at education we you have to think beyond and we don't not look at it as brain drain i've seen some of the thing that you have done uh, podcast that you have done we there is a maturity which is coming in in our country now we're not looking at people who went out of the country as a brain drain we're looking at them now investing back in our country right there was a time uh, ranveer when people went like super specialists who went they studied in medical colleges they had to give a bond they had to pay 1 lakh rupees to the government because they studied in a government medical college and then they 1 lakh or 2 lakhs i don't remember exact amount pay back to the government because they studied in a government and they had subsidized education and they were going to america Hmm. they had to get a permit for super specialists had to get a permit like a surgeon going leaving the country and going had to get a permit to go out today we don't see all that right we see this that okay you're going there 
यूर एन अजय बंगा यू आर गोइंग देयर तुम मास्टर कार्ड को हेड कर रहे हो मास्टर कार्ड इज गोइंग टू इन्वेस्ट हियर वी गुड हैव यू नो दे इज अ गिवन टेक दैट हैपन्स सो दे इज अ दे इज अ लार्जर वर्ल्ड व्यू एंड वी आर मोर कॉन्फिडेंट योर जनरेशन इज गोइंग टू गेट अल्ट्रा मोर कॉन्फिडेंट अबाउट इट डोंट शाई अवे फ्रॉम वॉट वी आर you know you mentioned that like there's a large section of india that actually wants to be united and then think economically about taking things forward how large do you truly think that section is in percentage roughly i know at least i know i used to believe that my entire generation is like that but the truth is when you travel in the interiors of the country they are overwritten with religious fervor hmm that is the truth that's an outcome of political marketing could be yes like Agreed. that you're thinking that your religion is superior to other religions yeah it's not truly vasudev kutumbakam then mm that's also part of it uh supremacy of your religion by crushing another religion is wrong if you have that in you don't want to crush another religion but confidence in in your own skin i i'm not i mean i'm not saying that religious people are right and uh, atheists are wrong or agnostics are right or whatever it's it's your personal choice but if it impinges on other citizens from practicing their religion 100% wrong what have you learned about religion over the course of your journalism career um religion um very divisive in some respects uh practicing certain religious customs and traditions um uh, used to be i used to keep a karwa chauth for that for example i used to fast and uh, i know of journalists who say you my god how horrible why would you do something as backward as that i wanted to do it doesn't matter like in what way i'm not in in no way am i subjugated by my spouse <laughs> uh, anybody who meets me knows that that i'm not a victim out here i just wanted to do it because there were others who were doing it and it was fun and uh, it was an endurance test in a way uh, no big deal and i uh, i just didn't but the more i got told by you know these uh, people that uh, some of my colleagues who were like chi chi i was like ab to mai karungi zarur <laughs> like you know so it wasn't religion so much but it was being told that something is not politically right which got on my nerves i had gone to cover uh, election of uh, you know nomination process of uh, of a of a candidate and uh, she went inside uh, i might as well tell you this uh, who it was it was smriti rani and it was the 2014 election and she was going to do it and she went inside a temple before going and filing a nomination we were a bunch of journalists who were going covering right so she stopped at a village she stopped here you're covering everything then she went inside a mandir so there the division occurred in terms of some of the journalists were went inside and some of the journalists said we will not step inside a temple i was shocked beyond belief and it didn't matter whether you're a hindu or a whatever your work tells you to go there you you don't have to matha take you don't have to be religious in going inside that's your work how are you going to tell your channel that you didn't cover that fine camera nahi leke gaye because you're not allowed to take a camera inside that temple but you missed a story because of your mindset that you will not enter a temple because of your conditioning conditioning that mandir ke andar nahi jaungi 
so uh, no i i've seen i've seen a a prime minister go and perform a ritual and one or two officers of his who refused to do that today to they are the same officers are all over the place because nobody thought that you know the prime minister would become prime minister for so long but i'm just saying that um that they there is so much of division in their mind in some people that they are not able to understand ki kaam kya cheez hoti hai religion kya hota hai hmm so i just feel don't take it so seriously yeah i think one of the most mind shattering things i've read in my life is the chapter that yuval noah harari wrote about religion in sapiens or 21 lessons for the 21st century these are hmm. two of my favorite books he's okay. one of my favorite authors of all time and he spoke about how religion in its truest sense is something that reoccurs along the human timeline in terms of lots of religions have come and gone that we don't even know about hmm. and religion always is one a technique to find your own spirituality but two a technique used by powerful people to control mobs <laughs> like that's true. that was such a true kind of essence of what religion is parallelly i saw a clip of him yesterday on instagram where he said that every single religion in the world is built based on stories because stories are the easiest way to transfer philosophy to the general masses mm. but the issue is that every single religious person believes that only their stories are true and mm. all the other ones are false <laughs> yeah i guess yes which is the flaw of religion i hope and pray that you know new india understands these nuances of how culture works i don't think so i think time nahi hai kisi ke paas i don't think anybody dwells so much into it uh, nobody has the luxury hmm. of uh, nobody in the sense of majority it's dhanda uh, you have to go to work you have to come back you have to look after you have to provide for parents provide for children provide for everybody look after health issues pay your emi everybody stuck in all this so this deep things is only somebody who has prosperity and has the time to dwell into this and that's a very small section in our country if you see the numbers i think there's a small section there is of course a need for that too um as far as the quest for spirituality religion misusing it's something which has happened for generations ever since man evolved ever since religions came into being uh, of misuse of religion for whatever political purposes or or manipulating your family also for that matter that also happens you know so um i don't get too much into it i don't think uh, i have the mental space right now to give for understanding so, that from a macro birds eye view do you think religious unity is increasing or decreasing going forward in india Hmm good question. Um I don't know whether it's increasing or decreasing. Uh I think tolerance in any form is decreasing. Still? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we've like reached rock bottom and No, like... I don't think we are we are tolerant we are intolerant about most things. And at the same time I saw a video today you know of uh, Mumbaikers waiting in the rain for an auto and that line went on and on and on and people just standing in line and then somebody so i just like said that you know this is like look at the tolerance level no that we are not in this day and age 
that you can still have a hundred line, hundred people in front of you. You're just waiting for an auto to get home after a hard day's work or the state of our, of this city's uh, train network of people, the drudgery of getting back to work, the commuting, the humiliation that one has to face hanging out of trains. You don't need that in Delhi anymore. You know, Calcutta has a metro that functions. Mumbai cars, a house, a roof over your head, this is your commercial capital of the country. We should be able to provide that. So here is where I feel that there is so much tolerance. People just accept it. Hmm. That fatalistic naseeb. That it takes a generation for a person to get a 1BHK house in this country is the most awful thing. If we have Indra Avas Yojana where the poor people are getting housing, where not Indra, it is Pradhan Mantri Avas Yojana now, where the poor are getting, there are lakhs of houses which is coming and needs to be done for urban housing too. We need that housing issue to be sorted out. We need that dignity to be given to our middle class or our to our citizens, that they can come to work and go back home without the humiliation of hanging out of trains and hanging out of buses. That just needs to be done. It just bothers me about these things that need to be done. Faltugi issues, may we are fighting and we have, you know, my religion greater than your religion. Mm-hmm. Why are you worshipping on the road? You should worship at home. Why is the mandir ki ghanti louder than the azan ka awaz? Yeah, go make money instead, you know. Go make money. <laughs> yeah. Like, times are ripe to make money. Make money, spread that wealth, mm. employ people. By employing people, you're spreading wealth. Often when you have a lack of ambition, that lack of ambition is substituted with religious fervor. Or with some kind of fervor, which in many cases is religious. Getting out of the space, no? Uh, out of your comfort space. That nokri ki jo aadat hai. You know, basically... I met with several podcasters uh, just a week ago and many of them were saying like we we did we did an engineering degree we got out and we weren't getting jobs so we started podcasting it was something that ghar mein baithe baithe kya karunge to laga diya you met some like physics wala you know uh, didn't like the engineering that he was doing so dropped out and started teaching physics from his room and see where he's reached. So I'm not saying everybody can be an entrepreneur. Agreed. But if you have that spare time, na, do something which will be productive, economically product- productive or socially productive in some manner, rather than getting into these religious fights about which religion. Some I understand who say that that the loudest voice is heard the most. And sometimes people use that religion, uh, use that religion platform just because they are louder, they are uh, more vociferous. So we'll get subjugated. I understand where that thought comes from. But I just feel, you're intelligent, use it for some other purpose. Yeah, I also feel all these forms of an increase of religious fervor as well as religious animosity are political marketing from both sides. So Mm. I just hope that the end consumer, which is the average Indian voter, understands these nuances. Hopefully through podcasts. Hopefully. (laughs) Smita Prakash. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it. It's been such a wonderful experience talking to you. I get 
I've got to understand so much more uh, by listening to podcasts of yours, yeah. and I just love this interaction. So all the best to you. No, no, thank you so much. Uh, genuinely honored that someone with your mind is also. I'm flattered like, that you would think that. Uh, when we were outside, you know, we took a break in the middle of uh, this shoot. Uh, Shrutesh asked me how it is for me as the host. I said extremely dense. and mm. that's what i feel every time i listen to your podcast as well okay. which brings me to the start which makes me want to say that i feel journalists have a very 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 crucial role to play in the digital ecosystem in this country going forward considering all these things we've spoken about like you guys are the actual thought leaders with the right kind of research the right mindset the right training but it needed that one person to start and you're that person <laughs> thank you thank you so much i've held back from saying this throughout this uh chat but you do know that you're at the forefront of indian journalism in a lot of young people's eyes right no i didn't know that and i i don't know if that's true ranveer i think you're just being kind no i'm i'm not see if i want to be kind or be kind at the start of the podcast and make you feel comfortable <laughs> but okay. i'm genuinely saying this because you're my inlet into information you palki sharma and unfortunately that's it okay like my other formats of input come from twitter come from journalists on twitter but mm. in terms of what i consume it's just you two and it's because you guys have strong high quality digital presence mm. that's important this okay. is where the audience is Okay. So you are leading the pack. So we just uh, jumped into this. Palki's also started on the digital uh, format, and she's very excited about it too. Uh, so uh, she's much younger than I am. When I did it, I was like really nervous. But uh, it's that's the way to learn, right? To get out of your comfort zone and like which we discussed early. That get out of your comfort zone, learn something new. Yeah, you're absolutely killing it. So thank you. I'm just looking forward to seeing everything else you do. Thank you. in this new age format of podcasting thank you so much and all the best to thank you thank you thank you ma'am appreciate it sometimes after a podcast is complete i'm left feeling like i didn't do justice with the guest even if we've spoken for 2 3 hours this is primarily because of the depth of smita prakash's mind i felt like i wasn't able to ask her everything i wanted to ask her but you know what there's always a next time we'll focus a lot more on the geopolitics aspects the next time she's around but please tell me what you thought of this particular episode i want your feedback i want to know how we can make these in-depth conversations even more in-depth even better for you the listener and i hope you've been liking this new style of trs that we've begun lately it's slightly news oriented slightly political and a lot deeper than it ever was before make sure you follow our hindi podcast as well it's going along the same tangent but until next time guys please go follow the ani podcast with smita prakash i've linked it down below and go follow trs everywhere baby we're going to be back soon buya kasha